Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I am here with Chelsea, and today we are looking at Numbers 30. Uh, and it's probably really great for you all to know that after we read through it, we were like, oh my gosh, this feels real gross. <laughs> Probably we need to study this a little bit further, so we paused and dug into our <laughs> our uh, extra credit commentaries uh-huh. to understand what's going on. Because uh-huh. some of the way these things are described feels very bizarre. Yeah, and probably not great. Yes, and this is it's good to remember that a couple days ago, um, the Lord asked Moses and everyone to go and wipe out the Midianites because they led Israel into. This is Numbers 25. So in Numbers 25, and the the actual episode that we did uh, involved talking about a skewering situation. Oh, yeah. Yes. Where uh, they're like, there's like all this idolatry. (laughs) Uh, There's this, there's gathered assembly to like deal with this issue. And this dude just like takes this woman into his tent right in front of everybody. It's just like brazen uh, adultery. Yeah. Um, And the the priests go and like slay that dude and his girlfriend with a spear. (laughs) The whole way through. I don't know why. Well, because it's pretty violent, actually. <laughs> All I can do is laugh. Yeah. I mean, be really gross when out. you're uncomfortable, just laugh. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of laughing in this passage. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. Um, so this is the continuation of that story. I think it's broken up by like two days of the podcast. So you may not, if you have not heard that part of the story, it's actually very important to understand. So you're going to want to go back like two days and look at Numbers 25. Yeah. And I just want to, so the Midianites worship Baal, right? That is their god. Yes. And Baal is like a pretty terrible god. Yeah, like the I worship mean, of Baal involves child sacrifice. It involves like ritualistic sex. I think it's like all sorts of things that are just like detestable to God and the Israelites. And all of it is detestable to God. Like anytime yes. people are worshiping something that is not Himself, exactly. it's detestable. And there is very harsh judgment. So this is pretty harsh judgment um, against these people. God says, "Hey, go wipe them out." Uh, the high priest goes and gets involved in the, like the son of the high priest, I think, gets involved in. Eliezer. Yeah, gets involved in the actual war itself. Um, they kill off a lot of the men and they take a lot of prisoners after the fact that, like, they take their their sheep and their goats and their, like, their herds and cattle. They take their, uh, their women, their daughters, their young sons, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's actually a little bit bizarre, I think actually what makes the, the text even more uncomfortable is that they go into pretty explicit detail of like how they split everybody up. It feels very transactional um, and very like, okay, you get 72,000 of this and you get 32,000 of this. Right. And it's not just like property, it's people. <laughs> yeah. And so so before we just like dive into explaining this, I just like it is – it's uncomfortable and it, it's like it's like pretty weird. To read yeah. some of it. And that's why it's it's so important to take a step back. If you're recently uncomfortable, take a step back and think, okay, in context, what does this mean? Yeah. Pull out, Google it. <laughs> Pull out a commentary, Google it. Um, you know, try and figure out what does this mean to the Israelites in this context? I think it's so important. Rather than just glossing over it and saying, well, that was weird, and then keep going. You want to know what's going on. Try and actually understand it. Um, so I would say the thing that struck us as the most weird is where it explains that, like, these young virgin girls are assigned to the priests. Yeah. That feels very gross. Yes. Especially, I mean, always, but especially in our culture, I think, because it's, it's, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. 
Definitely. Um, so one of the one of the commentaries that I started to read was like, it strikes us as modern readers as really strange and really uncomfortable. Have I said that enough yet? Probably, probably, probably. <laughs> I mean, if you could just say uncomfortable like more times, <laughs> then you'll reach. How am I feeling? Uncomfortable. <laughs> um, the 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 original readers, the original people who took place in this, would not have seen this as super um, uncomfortable. To, I was trying to think of a different word, but I couldn't. <laughs> you can't. There's no other um, word. <laughs> the, you know, this this was how the world worked. Now, what's interesting to draw out about these young virgin girls that are handed over to the priests is that they actually become, um, like, working in the tabernacle system, basically. Yes. So they they may have been servants. Um, they, they may have been, like, involved in the actual tabernacle process. Yes. So an interesting thing about that is that you have these um, young women who are part of this, you know, basically – horrible culture where there's like all this Baal worship going on. Yep, which they probably would not have been treated very well. No, they would not. And now they're drawn in through this terrible war. Yeah. Um, they're drawn in closer to Yahweh, who actually is much more compassionate to women. Yeah. Um, so again, like, it's worth digging into because that's some things you might miss. They actually probably had much better lives. Yeah. It's hard to say because his conquest is very bloody and very And there's horrible. no, like, there's no verse that says, and then they had very... And then they felt wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I, I think also remembering, so uh, they were drawn in maybe as servants or slaves or serving the Levites in the temp, in the tabernacle. Yeah. Okay. So what does God say about servants and slaves? They have pretty good lives comparatively to they, the rest of the nations. Again, they're not like the way we culturally understand right. servants and slaves. Right. So yeah, it is interesting again to like take, if you something feels uncomfortable, did, like dig read into that. a lot about it. Don't grab a commentary, get a study Bible. Yeah, I have strong feelings about not like burying questions. I think burying questions is not a great way to handle your faith. Yeah. It's always good to bring it into the light and yeah. talk to people that you trust, talk to your pastor, talk to whoever um, that can give some more insight. I do also just want to like draw out that there is weight. Like this is a judgment passage. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to just attempt to make everything feel better. Correct. There is a lot of death and there is a lot of, you know, vengeance and punishment um, on behalf of God at the hands of the Israelites because God takes this stuff seriously. Um, and we don't actually give judgment a lot of light a day. Um, so God looks at this situation. He's not pleased with it. Um, and there is judgment. Now, another interesting thing that gets lost is that later on down the road, uh, God's going to give some some laws, and and um, the culture is going to learn how to deal with people who live in these cultures. So it's it's obvious these cultures did not get wiped off the face of the earth because mm -hmm. further down the line they're present. Mm -hmm. um, so there is something here. We're going to have on in a couple days. Lindsay Lotzball is going to talk a little bit about uh, God and genocide. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think her take is, is unique. It's definitely worth a listen. Yeah. Um, but it's that not necessarily all these people are, are murdered or killed in war. Right. Like we think. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Have a good day. See ya. Numbers 30, starting in verse one. Then Moses summoned the leaders of the tribes of Israel and told them, This is what the Lord has commanded. A man who makes a vow to the Lord or makes a pledge under oath must never break it. He must do exactly what he said he would do. 
If a young woman makes a vow to the Lord or a pledge under oath while she is still living at her father's home, and her father hears the vow or pledge and does not object to it, then all her vows and pledges will stand. But if her father refuses to let her fulfill the vow or pledge on the day he hears it, then all her vows and pledges will become invalid. The Lord will forgive her because her father would not let her fulfill them. Now suppose a young woman makes a vow or binds herself with an impulsive pledge and later marries. If her husband learns of her vow and pledge and does not object on the day he hears of it, her vows and pledges will stand. But if her husband refuses to accept her vow or impulsive pledge on the day he hears of it, he nullifies her commitments and the Lord will forgive her. If, however, a woman is a widow or is divorced, she must fulfill all her vows and pledges. But suppose a woman is married and living in her husband's home when she makes a vow or binds herself with a pledge. If her husband hears of it and does not object to it, her vow or pledge will stand. But if her husband refuses to accept it on the day he hears of it, her vow or pledge will be nullified and the Lord will forgive her. So her husband may either confirm or nullify any vows or pledges she makes to deny herself. But if he does not object on the day he hears of it, then he is agreeing to all her vows and pledges. If he waits more than a day and then tries to nullify a vow or pledge, he will be punished for her guilt. These are the regulations the Lord gave Moses concerning relationships between a man and his wife and between a father and young daughter who still is at his home. Then the Lord said to Moses, On behalf of the people of Israel, take revenge on the Midianites for leading them into idolatry. After that, you will die and join your ancestors. So Moses said to the people, Choose some men and arm them to fight the Lord's war of revenge against Midian. From each tribe of Israel, send a thousand men into battle. So they chose a thousand men from each tribe of Israel, a total of 12,000 men armed for battle. Then Moses sent them out, a thousand men from each tribe, and Phinehas, son of Eleazar the priest, led them into battle. They carried along the holy objects of the sanctuary and the trumpets sounding the charge. They attacked Midian as the Lord had commanded Moses, and they killed all the men. All five of the Midianite kings, Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba, died in the battle. They also killed Balaam, son of Beor, with the sword. Then the Israelite army captured the Midianite women and children and seized their cattle and flocks and all their wealth as plunder. They burned the towns and villages where the Midianites had lived. After they had gathered to plunder and captives, both people and animals, they brought them all to Moses and Eleazar the priest and to the whole community of Israel, which was camped on the plains of Moab beside the Jordan River across from Jericho. Moses, Eleazar the priest, and all the leaders of the community went to meet them outside the camp. But Moses was furious with all the generals and captains who had returned from the battle. Why have you let all the women live, he demanded. These are the very ones who followed Balaam's advice and caused the people of Israel to rebel against the Lord at Mount Peor. They are the ones who caused the plague to strike the Lord's people. So kill all the boys and all the women who have had intercourse with a man. Only the young girls who are virgins may live. You may keep them for yourselves. And all of you who have killed anyone or touched a dead body must stay outside the camp for seven days. You must purify yourselves and your captives on the third and seventh days. Purify all your clothing too, and everything made of leather, goat hair, or wood. Then Eleazar the priest said to the men who were in the battle, The Lord has given Moses this legal requirement. Anything made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, tin, or lead, that is, all metals that do not burn, must be passed through the fire in order to be made ceremonially pure. These metal objects must then be further purified with the water of purification. But everything that burns must be purified by water alone. On the seventh day, you must wash your clothes and be purified, then you may return to the camp.
And the Lord said to Moses, you and Eliezer, the priests and the family leaders of each tribe are to make a list of all the plunder taken in the battle, including the people and animals. Then divide the plunder into two parts and give half to the men who fought the battle and half to the rest of the people. From the army's portion, first give the Lord his share of the plunder, one of every 500 of the prisoners and of the cattle, donkeys, sheep, and goats. Give this share of the army's half to Eliezer the priest as an offering to the Lord. From the half that belongs to the people of Israel, take one of every 50 of the prisoners and the cattle and donkeys and sheep and goats and other animals. Give this share to the Levites who are in charge of maintaining the Lord's tabernacle. So Moses and Eliezer the priest did as the Lord commanded Moses. The plunder remaining from everything the fighting men had taken totaled 675,000 sheep and goats, 72,000 cattle, 61,000 donkeys, and 32,000 virgin girls. Half of the plunder was given to the fighting men. It totaled 337,500 sheep and goats, of which 675 were the Lord's share. 36,000 cattle, of which 72 were the Lord's share. 30,500 donkeys, of which 61 were the Lord's share. And 16,000 virgin girls, of whom 32 were the Lord's share. Moses gave all the Lord's share to Eliezer the priest, just as the Lord had directed him. Half of the plunder belonged to the people of Israel, and Moses separated it from half, beginning to the fighting men. It totaled 337,500 sheep and goats, 36,000 cattle, 30,500 donkeys, and 16,000 virgin girls, from the half share given to the people. Moses took one of every 50 prisoners and animals and gave them to the Levites who maintained the Lord's tabernacle. All this was done as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then all the generals and captains came to Moses and said, We, are, we your servants, have accounted for all the men who went out to the battle under our command. Not one of us is missing. So we are presenting the items of gold as captured as an offering to the Lord from our share of the plunder, armbands, bracelets, rings, earrings, and necklaces. This will purify our lives before the Lord and make us right with him. So Moses and Eliezer the priest received the gold from all the military commanders, all kinds of jewelry and crafted objects. In all, the gold that the generals and captains presented as a gift to the Lord weighed about 420 pounds. All the fighting men had taken some of the plunder for themselves. So Moses and Eliezer the priest accepted the gifts from the generals and captains and brought the gold to the tabernacle as a reminder to the Lord that the people of Israel belong to him. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.